Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. You didn't think, we thought you, whoever won the 12th, that the fight was up for grabs in the final round. You did not feel that way? Uh, I mean, when you know, you, when, when you're in a fight, you don't really, you can't really keep pace with it, but I did feel like I was ahead on the cards, and I felt like I needed to win the last round just to kind of seal the deal. Um, but this is boxing. Obviously, he's a bigger draw than me, and they want to make that super matchup with him and Canelo. So Daniel Jacobs probably got X'd out, but I understand that I'm the bigger, I'm the champion in this fight. I won this fight, I won the decision. Uh, but all I can do is be gracious in defeat, and be gracious in my uh, my victory. And, um, you know, God bless him. That's Daniel Jacobs talking to Max Kellerman after last night's fight with Triple G. He comes up short, uh, loses a unanimous decision to Gennady Golovkin, who ends up uh, extending his record. Daniel Jacobs, tough loss for him, man. Um, I thought he won. I thought, I thought Daniel Jacobs ended up winning that fight. And I thought he did enough. Uh, I thought after after getting knocked down, taking those tremendous shots. Um, I thought Daniel Jacobs had the thing, man. I, I just thought that uh, we didn't see Gennady be active enough. I thought that Daniel Jacobs was landing shots that were just as strong, just as clean. Um, and, and so from my standpoint, yeah, I just, I, I thought that, I thought he got the short end of last night. And, and especially seeing some of the cards, like, you know, seeing 115 to 112 for Triple G, I'm just like, uh, all right. But I feel like, I feel like if you're doing that, I feel like you really were giving a lot of nod to, um, you know, that that beat 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 the champ. You know, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Nonsense. Like I think that was a lot of what was going on yesterday. Uh, is the truth to what Daniel Jacobs is saying about Triple G getting the nod because he was the bigger draw? You know, that crowd was certainly pro Triple G last night. Um, early on, it got really, if not quiet, it got very even as the fight was going on and. I thought I thought Daniel Jacobs got got the short end of last night. Now, uh, is he going to get a rematch anytime soon? I don't think so. You know, he, you know, it, it seems like Triple G is has already gotten uh, on to, to other things. He's talking about a, a fight with Billy Joe Saunders, obviously the the Canelo fight looks like that's coming down the pipe, hopefully in September. Um, you know, so good that we are going to get that, and I think it's just unfortunate that at the expense of Daniel Jacobs making. Uh, Triple G actually look human for once. Um, that's probably what's going to lead to the fight happening. You know, we had a we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of guys from HBO on this week: Roy Jones, Michael Buffer, and Max Kellerman. And I, I, you know, I was asking a lot of them if they thought a close fight with Triple G, if a uh, a fight where he looks more vulnerable, would actually be better for his career than if he were to steamroll Daniel Jacobs and. You know, I think I think last night certainly is the case. You know, he had his patent moment in the fourth round where, you know, he put Daniel Jacobs down. Looks like he he really hurt him, but Jacobs he's as tough as they come, man. I mean, and that and that's that's 
that story that he has coming back from bone cancer, a tumor on his spine, to be at the point where I think there's a good amount of people who think he won that fight last night. To think that he's got that kind of toughness and heart and fortitude to overcome those types of things in life to to really shine like he did in his home state uh it's it's a tough one it's a tough one to swallow if you're daniel jacobs for sure man and i think he's got every right to be upset and we've seen you know we see plenty of this in the sport i i you know do do you want to go as far as to call it a robbery i I don't think it's a robbery you know um it's not tim bradley over manny pacquiao it's not of that ilk but I yeah, just I I came out of last night thinking yeah, I didn't think Triple G won that fight. I thought I thought Daniel Jacobs, uh, I thought Daniel Jacobs got the better of him. So, what'll come of this? You know, I think that because he did look more vulnerable, I think because Triple G did show some chinks in the armor, didn't look as unstoppable against a guy like Danny Jacobs. Uh, I do think we're gonna end up seeing that that Canelo fight. Now this is bearing in mind what does happen with Triple G versus. Uh, Chavez Jr. coming up on Cinco de Mayo. I got a hard time believing Chavez is going to beat him in that fight. The only way I think that happens is if he has a real size advantage. And that's the size advantage with being in shape. You know, that's not that's not Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. coming in bigger, but also didn't, didn't train, didn't stick to his regimen. You know, hasn't always been the easiest guy to work with for trainers. So... I think is I think Canelo should handle that fight just fine, and I think we'll end up seeing these two fight in the fall. Um, but a tough night, a tough night for Dan Jacobs, tough night for decisions, man. I thought, I thought, uh, I thought Chuck Latito also got the short end of it last night. I think, I think if you were to look, to, if I had to say which one I thought was more egregious, I thought the Chuck Latito decision was a little bit more out of whack. I thought he clearly won that fight, and. It was a great fight. You're not going to get many uh, many fights better than that one. Um, but I thought Chuck Latito, I thought he was just, I thought he, I thought after he, he also suffered his own knockdown and I thought that he came, uh, he came back to win it. But, you know, I, I just thought that he had these moments in every single round where it was just, it was kind of a, it was like a wow moment. And really just got the better of it. And you're just like, yeah, that that was that was for for me enough to win the round. And these guys were so active. And Sorn VC was um he was he was pressing forward and he was strong. And he was, you know, he was great too. But I, I just thought that watching it, it was a lot of Soren VC being very active and you know, he wasn't stopping, but I thought I thought I thought Chocolatito was active, but also just really putting in some damaging blows. I thought he was he was really hurting him. Now there was a couple of things that really affected that fight, as far as Chocolatito having the nasty headbutt, having those nasty gashes, making his face look like a look like a butcher shop. So, did that swing any of the judges? You know, did some punches look worse than they maybe should have from Soaring VC? Maybe I don't know. Um, but just to think that Chocolatito, who you know is is moving up in weight, is at a is at a you know is is taking on a guy who's bigger than him, to think that he was pressing forward the entire time, 
and was just putting forth these combinations that were just sick, man. Um, I thought that he, I thought he clearly came back and won that fight, uh, in spite of the knockdown, which is which ended up getting negated by a uh, by a headbutt penalty by Song VC. But those two put on a, a hell of a show. So great fights in in Madison Square Garden last night. Uh, really, really good action. I just thought the judges got. I thought they got both. I thought they got both of those. Uh, both of those fights wrong. I thought. I thought Daniel Jacobs should have had his hand raised last night. And you know, to his point of you know, I understand what's happening here. I'm the bigger draw. It's it's hard to. It, it's hard as a fight fan to not think that stuff happens sometimes. That the guy is 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 getting the short end because I think a lot of those those rounds when there isn't a lot of action I do think the champion or the guy who has the bigger name I think they have to do less um to get those to get those points and this idea of oh you got to beat the champion you got to just like no man you should just you should straight out grade who wins the who wins the round wins the round and I, I just think that a little of that was suffering last night in the main event. That that these judges were were given nods to Gennetti where I don't I don't think he necessarily deserved them. Excuse me. And so that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a tough one for Daniel Jacobs to swallow. I will say this. I hope after last night that neither one of those guys who ended up losing, Jacobs or Chocolatito loses anything in the fans' mind. And I would have hoped that the case, too, if it was Triple G who ended up losing. Because I thought all four of those guys in the main and co-main event put on a hell of a show for everybody. Neither one of them, uh, none of them, deserve to have their careers hindered or looked at any less because they had that close of a fight and put put it on the line that much. And one of the things that sucks about boxing a lot of the times is this idea where if a guy has an undefeated record like a Chocolatito and he's 46-0 and people think, ah, he's probably just never been pushed. And he puts forth that kind of effort where he's coming back from a knockdown in the first round and he's putting it on the line every single round and... Just going forward, going doing it against a bigger guy and and really being effective and doing it with gashes over his eyes. He shouldn't go down one iota in anybody's mind. Now, is he gonna end up uh is he gonna end up losing that status of is he gonna be regarded as the top pound for pound fighter in the world? He probably will, but it shouldn't be my bunch. It, 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 it really shouldn't be by much. He was fantastic yesterday, and yeah, thought he got thought thought he got uh, thought he got hosed at the end of that. I thought, you know, I'll understand. I guess the the Triple G thing a little bit more. I mean, if you wanted to say that Triple G was a little bit cleaner, um, and he was, and, and those shots that he hit were just wildly more effective. All right, I, I'll hear your argument. But I thought Chocolatito really, I think like outside of two rounds after the second, he really had that thing in the bag. You know, so that 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 one, that one for me was the tougher one to swallow. But I think 
I think for him, it's easier in his case. Chocolatito still has a brand name. People are still going to want to watch him. And especially when you're in a fight like that where you got blood streaming down your face, I think it's going to be easier for him to get back in this title picture and to get a rematch. I think Soren Vici would love to fight uh, to fight Chocolatito again. I think that'd be a big fight for him. Whereas for Daniel, the tough part of this is, all right, you lose to Triple G and you kind of get the hose job. I, I think it's going to be tough for him to get back into that picture. And and that's tough, you know, because if, if you and your heart of hearts think you won that fight, but now you're kind of out of the loop with these super fights, you know, what are, what are his next options? All I know for Daniel Jacobs is, um, you know, after getting to, to uh, you know, following the story and, and following what it ended up being last night, he he should be tremendously proud. Any fan of him should be tremendously proud. His city in Brooklyn should be tremendously proud of him because um, that was a hell of a show. And whether you think he won or he didn't win, um, from, from my standpoint, you know, no one's made Triple G look like that in their careers. I mean, Kell Brook, I think, had a whisper of it for some rounds, but eventually he had his face caved in. This guy took a, took a Gennady Golovkin shot put him on the canvas, got up, and in my opinion, won that fight. So there's there's nothing that Daniel Jacobs should be uh, down about other than the, the three judges and the result they put forth. Now, we had a lot of big news come out this week regarding the Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor fight. We finally hear from Conor McGregor. We finally hear from Dana White regarding the fight. Yesterday, last week, it was all Floyd. Floyd Floyd was chirping a lot, and, you know, it's uh, It was kind of an old, typical Floyd fashion, but the guy you really, really wanted to hear from and where he stands in this fight, Dana White, because he's got kind of the keys to, to Conor's contract and making this not a legal battle. We hear from him, and we were fortunate enough to hear from Conor McGregor, who we haven't heard from in a while, as they both commented and gave us some juicy details on what to expect between Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, and the potential of that fight uh, happening. Fighters Fury will be back right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Okay, welcome back. Tobin here with you. Fighters Fury rolls on here. So we got we got to hear from we got to hear from the other parties with the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor thing this week. And I think if you hey, listen, if you're if you're in the camp of you want to see this fight happen. Which, uh, which I certainly am, uh, all good things. Because I was kind of, I was, you know, last week I, I you know, broke out on, on Floyd Mayweather a little bit because I was, it just reminded me, it gave me all too much uh, of, of a, uh, a memory of the negotiations with Floyd and Manny Pacquiao and just like, man, I just remember the years of BS that Floyd would just spit at us about, you know, signing contracts that weren't contracts and just, you know, purse splits of a gazillion dollars and just be like, ugh, like I'm so, I'm so tired of hearing this. And I think we all know Floyd wants this fight. I I, I don't think, think about it. If you are Floyd, why wouldn't you want this fight? You're going to get a a ton of money to fight a boxer who's not a boxer. You know, you're going to get to fight him in your sport. He's going to take, he's going to take you on something that you've claimed to be the best at for, 20 years 
and someone's going to give you more money than you did for the Manny Pacquiao fight. Like, why wh- why wouldn't you want that fight other than taking on one of these these young, hungry guys who, I mean, it would make their their lives to beat you. And so, if you're Floyd Mayweather, all, the idea that Floyd Mayweather wants this fight to happen is not surprising. You know, the, the, there was hang-up for years with Floyd versus Pacquiao because I think there was a legit, I think there was a legit, um, worry from Floyd that, yeah, this guy could beat me and he wanted to stay undefeated. I think there, there was an element of ducking to Floyd. And, and then when Manny stopped knocking people out and he got flatlined by one Manuel Marquez and looked a little bit vulnerable, then all of a sudden you came a little bit more open to negotiations. I think we'll see that with Canelo versus Triple G. You know, Canelo's the big star there. He's the big money guy. And why would you go face the bigger guy who is knocking everybody silly if, you know, you could get good money fighting other people? You know, now with Canelo, he's fighting a guy like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It's uh, it's kind of a gimmicky fight, to be to be honest with you, on Cinco de Mayo. And, you know, maybe that well's running dry a little bit for Canelo. But... He sees what just happened against Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacob, Daniel Jacobs making look uh, Triple G look real vulnerable. I think we will see uh, more of a willingness from Golden Boy and from from Canelo to to want to make that fight happen. You know, people are clamoring for it. You don't want to be the next uh, Floyd versus Manny Pacquiao, where it drags on for five years. Where you know, because you got to remember, uh, Triple G is not is not young. I mean, he's he's in his mid thirties. He's not a guy who has many years to to do this chase. So from that standpoint, um yeah, I think I think those negotiations will get better, but from from the Connor Floyd aspect, it's no surprise that Floyd wants the fight. Connor I don't think there's a great surprise that he wants the fight. He's never been he's never been a hotter commodity. He's got to strike while the iron's hot and let's be honest, he fights in a much more dangerous sport where there's a lot less protection going on there's more these days but there's a lot more there's a lot less protection going on in UFC than there ever was in boxing and that I don't think can ever be denied um so the idea that 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 Connor wants to make this fight happen I don't think is that surprising from his standpoint biggest fight he could ever make biggest money he could ever make um and what are the ramifications? He's going to lose a sport that he doesn't participate in, and he's going to make a boatload of money. So, who wouldn't want this fight to happen? The UFC. And there's a couple things why they wouldn't want that to happen. They don't want their guy to lose. You know, he looks remarkable right now. He's your first two-division champion, even though you stripped his belt for, like, you know, no reason. But he's your first two-division champion simultaneous. He's your biggest draw. You don't really have another draw beside him right now. And so any kind of loss, will it will it lose something to, to Conor McGregor? You're going to expose him to a new audience, and that new audience may now prevent themselves from buying UFC because they already saw him lose, lose in boxing. What's, to, what's the point of seeing him now? So I can get the hesitation from UFC, but I think that the exposure for Conor and just the idea if Conor does go the distance with Floyd Mayweather – um, what that should do for his stock to never box, and if he's able to go the distance with one of the best boxers of all time, 
Yeah, I, I think the the risk outweigh uh, the the reward outweighs the the risk there. I think I think it does. But we finally heard from Dana White this week. You know, he's been very quiet and has been very negative on this. You know, he he wants to seem like he's in charge. You know, the only real substantive thing that we've heard from him was, uh, you know, when he was on Colin Cowherd's show and he he offered Floyd and Connor both twenty five million dollars, like that was going to get it done. Uh, but that's all we really heard from him. But he was doing the rounds a little bit this week. He was on Conan O'Brien, and he was asked about whether or not this fight was going to happen, and here's what he had to say. Do you think that's going to happen? I do. I, I do think it's going to I think it's going to be a tough deal. There's obviously a lot of egos involved in, in this deal and, uh, and a lot of people, so, so that always makes it tougher. But on the flip side, there's so much money involved, I just don't see how it doesn't happen. And... You know, everybody always asks, and, and it would be boxing. It wouldn't be. See, that's the thing. It's the, the rules would be yeah. strictly boxing. Connor can't uh, use any of the. I mean, UFC obviously. Right. You can use all of your body. There, it would no be a kicking, boxing. No kicking, no elbows, no just straight up boxing, uh, in a boxing ring with with gloves and the whole deal. And you know, one a, a lot of things make this fight intriguing, but the reality is this: uh, anybody who's ever seen Floyd Mayweather, you've seen him, right? Yeah. yeah. He's this big. Okay, he's that tall. Um, <laughs> And that's not really true. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly how tall. That's really uh, no. Here? That's oh, the size God. of a small refrigerator you're describing. <laughs> and but anyway, yes. Conor not- McGregor is huge, and you know, he's 27 years old. He's in the prime of his career. Floyd is 40. Floyd always had problems with southpaws. Conor is a southpaw, and, and Conor hits hard. When he hits people, they go. Um, Floyd's definitely not knocking him out. That's for sure. So it, it's an, I'm not saying that Connor would win this boxing match, but it sure makes it interesting. So, yeah, man, you have the first little the, the first little positive window there from Dana. He says, yeah, I think it's going to happen. And he's throwing out there, there's a lot of money to be made, which is which uh, I think the UFC and their new company wants to be cut in on. I mean, think about this. If you're the UFC, this, I think, is basically your option. Um, I think you either let him do it, or it's going to be an illegal battle, and I don't think Conor ever fights for the UFC again. So if you want Conor to fight for the UFC again, I think you allow him to make this fight happen. I, I just think Conor has tremendous leverage here. Okay, what, you know the downside is he's going to not fight for a year, and you're going to be stuck in a legal battle. And I, I just, and and then you have these 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 cases of the Ali Act, and he's going to argue that uh, I'm a boxer trying to get a you know to get a new a new contract and. You know, boxers are more are federally prote- protected, and uh, mixed martial arts aren't something that you know Randy Couture and his group are trying to change. Um, but that is the case. You know, that is that is the way that I think Connor will end up going if the UFC doesn't. Allow it. I don't think the UFC does want that. I don't think the UFC wants to be in a position where they're in a legal battle with their biggest star. He's too valuable to them. So if your options are okay, hey, Connor's not going to fight this year, but if he does fight this year. He's going to fight boxing. And if he fights boxing, we can either be in on the cut or we could be in a legal battle. So if you're the UFC, which just sold for $4 billion, and you got to make you got to make all the money you can, do you want to be in a legal battle with Conor McGregor or do you want to make money off Conor McGregor? I think they want to make money off Conor McGregor. More, and, and it would be the biggest selling Conor McGregor fight of all time. And yeah, you'd have to give a big chunk of that to Floyd Mayweather, but you'd also make money. So, here was Dana, who also got caught up with TMZ, uh, who pressed him on it a little bit on the Conor McGregor fight and whether he's going to stand in the way, and his answer was surprising. 
I know people ask you all the time, you know, Floyd Connor, Floyd Connor. What about, uh, you know, Connor back in the octagon? When are we going to see him in the octagon? I don't know. You know, he, he obviously has a lot of opportunities right now. Uh, Tony Ferguson is out there. Uh, you know, the Floyd Mayweather thing is out there. We'll see how this thing plays out. So Floyd Mayweather thing still a possibility, though? Yeah, I mean, there's... there's I, it doesn't make a lot of sense for my business, but I would never keep Connor from making that kind of money. Right. Interesting. Interesting that the the tune has started to change on Dana, and I I, I got to imagine that there's just the the buzz in the UFC building, just like the inevitable is going to happen. The peop, too many people want this thing to happen for it not to end up looking bad on us. So you know, it's kind of like if you can't beat them, join them. I think that's kind of where the UFC's at right now, you know. Since they since they can't they can't fight the inevitable, why not just be part of it? Which is the smart thing to do. I, I think it's it's kind of cool to hear Dana talk about this this week and, and a willingness to do this. Now, Conor McGregor was in New York this week. We haven't heard from Conor McGregor a lot. You know, he's been he's been home in Ireland uh, or in LA. His his fiance is going to give birth uh, in a couple months. You know, he said he said from the get that he was going to. He was going to, uh, a- after winning the lightweight title, he was going to take a break, scope some things out, check his options, and that he wanted a real talk. He even talked about wanting ownership in the UFC. So, he was in New York this week for Michael Conlon, the Ir- Irish Olympian. He was making his pro debut. He fought uh, He fought at Madison Square Garden on Friday night before... Uh, they had in the, in the in the small in the small arena at Madison Square Garden, and he had Conor McGregor walk him out. Conor McGregor was there; place was filled with Irish fans for St. Patrick's Day. Guy comes out in a little leprechaun outfit, and Conor's right behind him in a mink coat and glasses, and carrying the Irish flag, and you know, really, really putting the rub on his on his guy there uh, on Mickey uh, Mickey Conlon. So. Connor was uh, he was asked by the media afterwards. He shouted at fans, "I am boxing! I am boxing!" during the fight, but you know, then reporters were catching up with him and kind of chastised him a little bit that he's going to call out that they that they're going to be he's he, he's here to all what they're saying. He's going to shock the world. They don't know what he has for him, and was also caught up by uh, by uh, an Irish uh, television station and was asked where things kind of stand right now, and says things are close. Connor, one more question for you. You know what I'm going to ask you? Yeah, f*** lawyer. Trust me, this whole boxing world don't know what they're going to see when I roll in here. I'm unpredictable. Nobody knows what what they're in for. Everybody's writing me off. Everyone has this little, you know, but they're going to be in shock. Make no mistake about it. So I'm ready. I look forward to it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm prepared. We're very close to inking it. For June, like he says? No, well, listen, I'm not going to say no more. We're very close. That's it. He did also leak, uh, Connor did slip out to the LA Times, uh, apparently that September is the target date. So, yeah, man, this looks like it's going to be a very real thing. Like, do, I would, I would anticipate that if Dana White sounds like he's on board this week, if Connor's telling you they're close to inking the deal, uh, if Floyd's saying the things he was saying last week, we can, uh, we can ready ourselves. We're going to get Floyd Mayweather versus Connor McGregor. I think, uh, I think all the hurdles, all the right parties are saying all the right things. Uh, it seems very harmonious right now. And so, yeah, it seems, I mean, I would say the only uh, the only other thing that's an issue is probably uh, a commission agreeing to let a boxer 
box Floyd Mayweather and get a boxing license in Nevada. That whole thing needs to be cleared out. Um, and then to allow him to to fight Floyd Mayweather. But I have very little belief that that the Las Vegas Athletic Commission is going to stand in the way of this thing happening because they know all the money that it'll bring in. So interesting, uh, interesting breakdown this week of all the, the news that went on with uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao, uh, the Mayweather McGregor dynamic and Dana White being on board. We'll discuss more of that uh, coming up. Also, some uh, some UFC results for this week. Uh, we'll get to that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Tobin with you on Fighters Fury. Last night we had... It was more like yesterday afternoon, because you know that London thing is weird. But you had a UFC Fight Pass card. Jimmy Manawa ended up knocking out Corey Anderson. One-punch knockout uh, right on the top of his dome. Put, put Corey Anderson down uh, down real, real hard. Um, interesting, though, it was uh, Manawa afterwards saying that he's not interested in facing John Jones. He says, quote, I'm not interested in facing John Jones. John Jones takes steroids, and now he's been banned for steroids. I was a big fan of Jones and the things he's done in the Octagon, but he's been suspended for a year with something. He's a great fighter. I really respect him, but he's been banned for steroids, and that taints everything he's done. So I'm really not interested. When he comes back to fight, I'll fight him, no problem, but right now I'm focused on the belt, and that's going for the winner of DC versus Rumble Johnson. Um, That's interesting. That's an interesting That's an interesting thing to throw out that you're not interested in facing in John Jones because I think for Jimmy, uh, that'd be the biggest fight of his career. I mean, whether that was, whether that was for the belt or not, you know, I'd see him wanting to make that happen just because, you know, is that a case where he doesn't want to face him because he doesn't think he, can, he, he doesn't like his chances against him? Or does he, is he just hoping that that kind of narrative is out there? Cause John isn't going to get the, the belt or the shot at the belt. Cause John's getting a shot at that belt. I mean, make no mistake about it. Two Oh five is in a really, really tough spot as they have been, in this Conor McGregor, uh, this Daniel Cormier, John Jones dance for three years now, two years, two, three years. I mean, it's been going on forever since those guys brawled, since their first fight, since the suspension, since the injuries pulling out. It, it's been the same batch of guys. So, you know, Jimmy gets the win yesterday, and you look at the other people in contention there, and. I guess if it's not John Jones, it'll be Jimmy Manoa. Um, but the idea that is it going to be John Jones or Jimmy Manoa? You're telling me if John Jones comes off suspension and we got DC versus Rumble coming up next month. If DC wins, they're for sure going to do that fight with John Jones and... The reason being is because there's too much money at stake. It's one of the few, I think, real money fights the UFC has in its pocket that doesn't involve McGregor because those two hate each other. You got the infamous footage. There's a deep history. There's a deep hate. Um, I think it would be a good seller for them. Uh, same being Rumble Johnson. You want to know who the bigger name is between Jimmy Jimmy Manoa or Anthony Rumble Johnson. I mean, it's not even close. So if Rumble ends up winning that fight, people have been wanting to see a guy like Anthony Johnson if he were to fight a guy like John Jones, could he kind of be, could that, that, that monster, monster right hand, could that be the equalizer in the, you know, Rubik's cube that is facing John Jones. So 
I think either way, Jimmy Manawa is on the outside looking in if John Jones is cleared to come back for, I think it'll be July. And I can't imagine DC or Rumble fighting in April, either one of them coming back to fight in July, before July. So I don't really know what Jimmy Manawa is doing there because, all right, let's say John Jones, you don't want to fight him. And John Jones does get the title shot next. And then he ends up winning the title back. As long as John Jones doesn't get suspended again, which is a big if, if he doesn't end up getting suspended again, now you're on record saying you don't want to fight him because you think he's a cheat. And I just wonder how willing John Jones is going to be to fight Jimmy Manawa if that were to ever if that were to ever be a possibility. So interesting, interesting choice I think Jimmy went there yesterday I think he was trying to put his case out there that he maybe deserves the title shot because he's clean and he hasn't doesn't have anything in his past but I just think if you look at the landscape UFC is not about merit right now look at Yoel Romero Yoel Romero has done everything he should to get a title shot doesn't matter it's going to the bigger name and so Michael Bisping is fighting a guy in George St. Pierre for the belt, even though GSP is a welterweight. So the UFC is not doing stuff that makes sense right now. And I just think to box yourself into that kind of corner, like Jimmy's doing, I just think it was, I think it was the wrong play by him. Um, You know, maybe that's the only play he thought he had was to just say, Hey, he doesn't deserve the title shot. Cause he's just coming off suspension. If you were in another division, if he was in, middleweight, if he was in heavyweight, if he was somewhere else, welterweight, if you were in a in a division where there were more options and it wasn't just held up by this kind of three-headed monster of DC, Rumble, John Jones, I could understand that play more, but because of where he is in that light heavyweight division where it's kind of just been the same three guys for the last three years, four if you want to throw in Gus, although Gus is I mean, Gus gave his, you know, but you know, Gus has already he's lost to John real close and he lost to DC real close. So I don't know what it's going to take to kind of get him back in that picture. So just, you know, from from the standpoint of wanting to really be entitled, I would have just I would have kind of skirted around that. But maybe it really feels that way. We'll see how that plays out for him. Um, but yeah, it was interesting hearing yesterday the the whole Connor thing and and Texas right in six seven nine seven four. Uh, I don't see how this isn't good for UFC stock. I don't see how it isn't either. I mean, if they're going to be on the billing, then just do it. I know the weird thing also, Jimmy Hay, Jimmy Manoa said that he wants to fight David Hay, who has one leg right now. I don't know if you've seen the photos of David Hay's Achilles, but that dude ain't coming back for at least a year. Plus, he's old. Um, you know, Plus, he doesn't like danger, so I can't imagine he's going to take that fight. But the, you know what I don't like it turning into? And we talked to Roy Jones this week on the uh, on, on a show with uh, with Leroy in the middle of the week. And Roy denied that he was at UFC headquarters for the Anderson Silva fight, even though they've, you know, been rumored to fight, want to fight one another forever. But he was real PC on that. I don't want it to be the entire card be UFC versus boxing guys. I don't want that to be the case because – 
I do think you put in a mixed martial arts against a boxer, the boxer's going to win, man. The boxer's going to win, you know, four out of five times. So I don't want this being an entire card of, ah, MMA guy versus the boxer because these MMA guys are confident in their in their striking skills. Um, you know, what I want is I think if the UFC is in, if they're in on the promotion, I think there should be a UFC cage in there. I think it should be UFC cage and a boxing ring on the sa- in the same building on the same night. Do both. That's what should happen. If the UFC is going to be part of it, they're giving their guy. What should happen is they should put a put a cage in there, and they should put on the some of the best young fighters they could put out. Put out Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. You put it in a cage and you put it on before. Connor versus uh, versus Floyd, because then you got Connor's potential future UFC opponents right before he goes on. You're exposing boxing fans to UFC. You're exposing UFC fans to boxing, even though most UFC fans are boxing fans. It's usually just a weird ilk of boxing fans who don't like UFC. Um, but you're expo you're, you're exposing yourself. I think that's what the case should be. I don't want to see all circus. I got enough circus with the main event. I got Connor versus Floyd. There's a weird dynamic there of size. A guy's got two rounds of uh, of power and potential to knock out Floyd Mayweather, or he's going to try and go the distance with him, getting pieced up. And and that's really what, with, with kind of thing, that's how I think it's going to go. I think he's got two rounds. And I'd imagine that first round's probably going to be feeling, you know, feeling things out. But let's be honest. I mean, listen, Floyd, uh, Connor is mostly two rounds anyway. Most of his damage is done within two rounds. He's got more of that than he does a grueling five-rounder with Nate Diaz. doesn't have a lot of that in his career. So from looking at this fight and how you'd actually break down how Conor would win, you know, people may look at that window of two rounds and say, yeah, well, that's a really short window. But Conor's used to that window. That's how he goes and wins his fight. Now, the rounds are shorter. The gloves are bigger. So... He's got more stuff going up against him to finish that window uh, as fast as he usually does. But I don't I don't think this idea that he has to win that fight quick, I don't think it's that crazy because he's used to that. He does that anyway in his normal sport. Um, but if, if you're going to do this, if you're the UFC, don't throw at me a bunch uh, – Anderson versus Rojo. I'm not into that fight anyway. It, you know, if they're going to do it, I don't even want that being the co-main event. Either give me a real good boxing match as the co-main event, if it's going to be all boxing, or give me a UFC fight. That's the way it should go, man. If you're going to do this crazy night, the craziest night in combat sports, the two best from each sport, give me both sports. That's what I want to see. Give me a little bit. And, and if you want... Do it with with guys you you think are going to be. Don't put it a guy in there who you think's gonna who's gonna neutralize someone and 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 put him on the ground and bore the crowd to death. No, you you go in there. Give me give me a cowboy versus Robbie Lawler that night. You know, guaranteed action, guaranteed it's going to be great. And you are, I think, lifting up the sport. I think you're giving UFC this different kind of platform. That's the way they should do it. I don't know if that's the way they're going to do it, but that is what their demand should be. Aside from getting their cut, we get a fight that night. We get a we get a UFC fight that night. We put the cage up. 
You put it right next to it, and it'll be fantastic. I think it would be just an awesome, awesome night to watch everything in the way it unfolds. So we'll see. But this this has been a fun dynamic to watch play out, and it's great to see that. It's getting um, more positive news from Dana White and from Connor because uh, – because Floyd, it was just sounding more of the, you know, just it's always the same line with Floyd. So to hear, you know, I guess different voices on it and more fresh takes on it was uh, was was good to hear for people who want to see this thing happen. Uh, everybody, a thank you for tuning in. Miss any of the show? You can go to theticketmiami.com and you download the podcast. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. All right, guys, welcome back. Tobin here with you uh, doing a little podcast bonus uh, section because yeah, I don't feel like we get to do everything in the one hour. I know a lot of you clamor for us getting more time, and there's station logistic reasons I don't want to get into to why that doesn't happen. But uh, either way, uh, I do feel like because of the beauty of our website and the beauty of the podcast that we can give you uh, just a smidgen of extra time. Um, but... Here's uh here's here's a couple things I just wanted to get to which we weren't able to during the show today. Um, so we had uh we got news this week that Kelvin Gastelum is going to end up taking on Anderson Silva at UFC 212 in Rio. I like the fight. Um, you know there was calls this week for Yoel Romero. He wanted an interim title shot against Anderson. Anderson wanted to fight Nick Diaz at UFC 212. I like this much better. Uh, I think you got a good thing going with Kelvin, who had some negative press around him, surrounding the weight-cutting thing, and the fact that he's kind of found a home here. He had such a uh, he had such a, a vicious win over Vitor and Tim Kennedy, and I liked his little nod to sh- uh, to Chael Sonnen. He's kind of like Chael's protege from the Ultimate Fighter, so I like the idea that you, you kind of have like his, uh, his sensei leading the young grasshopper to uh, beating Anderson Silva, something Chael was never able to do in two tries, uh, never got to fight Tim Kennedy and and beat a guy like Vitor. So I think it's a cool twist to it. I like the I like the matchup. I also didn't like the idea of you all having to fight for a middleweight uh, interim title. I don't really even, I don't get the logic to that at all, even though, you know, there's been plenty of dislogic with the interim titles lately. Um, but Yoel is going to... Uh, I, I this is if I, if I'm Yoel, what what I I hope he does is he just stay he just stays ready because you never know with these with these darn interim titles or with these title shots, you know people missing weight, you know guys getting hurt. I, if you're Yoel Romero, just stay ready, just stay close and active to the title. Don't fight Jacare again because you've already beaten him. Um, Maybe they do because there's controversy with the result of the test. So maybe they pull a Damian Maya move on Yoel and then make him fight Jacare again. Who knows? But um, you know, if I'm Yoel, I wait it out, man. You're 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 in your late 30s. This is the biggest opportunity you're gonna get. And I don't know if there are a lot a lot of better options uh, out there for him. You don't really you haven't heard much from Luke Rockhold. Um, you know, Luke and Mike obviously hate each other. So if Luke's ready to come back. Uh, I still think he needs a win, but then, you know, who knows? GSP didn't need any fights in this division to get a a title shot. So it's a tough thing for Yoel right now. I understand wanting to just link yourself to any kind of belts just so you kind of have that 
it's almost like money in the bank in WWE, just so you can cash it in and get that title shot. Um, you know, but from from my standpoint, uh, I, I, he's just so close. He's beaten Weidman. He's beaten Jacare. I just I, for him not to get the fight next uh, would be crazy. But I guess we've seen crazier things with the UFC. Uh, anyway, little bonus rant I wanted to get into because I didn't have time. Had to end the show. Because uh, that's how radio format works. Um, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Love you guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.